Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. We are at the Lady Texture Softball Complex. And joining me now is uh, the voice of the Lady Textures. Just called his over 500th broadcast, and that is Malcolm Butler. Good morning, Malcolm. I appreciate you making this possible. appreciate you showing up early this morning. Well, Nick, we appreciate you uh, coming out here and uh, spending time with us uh, this morning and uh, helping publicize uh, this tournament and everything Louisiana Tech Athletics. You know, uh, Malcolm, beautiful facility here, and, and I asked you, you know, name, and you said just called the Lady Texture Softball Complex. Yeah, I mean, it, it has not been named by any oh, for anybody. I imagine one of these days that will happen, but uh, you're right. There's been a lot. You took a picture from where we're sitting right now about uh, 10 years ago, although you couldn't because where we're sitting right now wasn't here 10 years ago, But uh, and then compared it with today. I mean, this is a totally different facility. Obviously, the new bleachers, uh, the building of the press box, uh, the turf on the field, the new fencing, uh, the padding. Just there's so many different things that have gone to, you know, the locker room behind us, so many things that have gone on at the facility over the last five or six years, and uh, it really is. It's not quite there all the way. Still a few things uh, that we need to add, but, uh, okay, I'm looking. What would you add? Because I, I'm thinking, you know, right now I'm looking. I've been around a lot of Conference USA facilities, traveled to Hattiesburg, traveled to Alabama, Birmingham, and, the, uh, and even others, and, and I'm thinking, Okay, the only thing I think you can do is put a cage right here. That's on to my right. That's you a, need a indoor covered batting cage. Okay. The one batting cage we have is not covered, so if it's raining, uh, you're in trouble. You're not going to be hitting. Uh, so that's definitely one of the things. Uh, really, you need new restrooms. I mean, the restrooms we have out here were built back in 1981. You need uh, you need some, some perimeter fencing uh, so when we get to the point that we start charging, uh, it's easier to control. You don't have to put up yellow tape. Uh, to keep people going from going down there and the little ticket office or uh, concession stand area. Really, those are the only things. So, again, the batting cage is probably the biggest thing in my opinion, uh, but there are some other peripheral things uh, that you need to really make this thing complete. But, man, uh, it sure is nice. Yeah, you're you're excited about softball, but I want to tell you it's a big, big weekend for Lady Dexter basketball. And uh, talk about just a lot going on with the game today, plus uh, – Bringing some legends back as well. We are, and I, you're right. I am excited about softball. I love the game of softball and love this program. And uh, Blake Bowen, I've got to give him a shout out. I've kind of handed over the SID part of it to him uh, this year, and he's done a great job and run with it. Uh, I'm kind of in the background until basketball is over with, and then I'll probably get his way a lot just because that's what I do. But uh, you're right. We got a great, uh, great matchup tonight over the Thomas Assembly Center. Uh, Lady Textures, Tyler Summit. Uh, Six o'clock. We'll be hosting Conference USA leader UTEP. Uh, they are twenty-two and two on the year, Nick. Uh, they're pretty good. Thirteen and one in conference play. Uh, we already played them once this year. Went to their place about three weeks ago. It got beat by six. It was a, a pretty good game, eighty-six to eighty. But uh, you know they roll in here tonight, and so game itself uh, it should be very entertaining. 
Uh, it is Legends Night tonight, and so uh, this is the second year we've done this where we invite back all the former players and coaches that have ever been a part of the Lady Texas program. I think we have RSVP somewhere around 45, 50 former players, and uh, obviously a lot of them bringing their families and their kids back. Uh, and then as part of that, we are actually recognizing and honoring uh, the members of the very first Lady Texture team ever, the 1974-75 team. Sonia Hogue will be here tonight. I think we've got RCPs from eight of the 12 players. So we're really excited about everything uh, going on tonight as far as Legends Night. All right, I'm going to ask you a question, because I don't know the answer, but I'm sure you do. Was the very first team called the Lady Texas? They were. Sure were. They were called the Lady Texas from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, Mickey DeMoss was the starting point guard on that team. And, uh, you know, I got to sit down with Mickey and uh, do kind of uh, an off-the-cuff interview with her this week, just what she remembered about that very first year as far as the meetings leading up to finally having a program tryout, uh, the very first game that supported Dr. Taylor, uh, just what it was like back then, and you can find that interview uh, on the Lady Texture Basketball Facebook page. But uh, it's a lot of fun, kind of reminiscing. Hard to believe it's been 42 years. You know, the interesting thing about that, it will get overlooked and never gets talked about because, you know, a lot of people got programs once Title IX was put in place, but Louisiana Tech at the forefront before Title IX making an effort and putting out and starting a, a women's basketball program. Yeah, and, and Dr. Taylor was kind of visionary when it came to that. Uh, you know, tech, like you said, kind of got out in the front of things. Uh, and, you know, this was back when you had Wayland Baptist and Immaculata and Old Dominion. And Delta, Delta State. You like know, those were, those were the teams, the women's basketball programs. And then all of a sudden, you know, Louisiana Tech comes uh, into the forefront uh, with Sonia Hose, hired Leon Barbour. They were a great tag team. Sonia did the recruiting. Leon did the X nose. They were just a great pair. Uh, you know, and then Tennessee kind of jumped into the picture. Then Cheney State. You remember old Cheney, Cheney State? State? Yeah. You know, the thing about it, it's often when you think about Coach Tyler Summit, when you think about his mother, you think about the University of Tennessee and the volunteers. She didn't go to the University of Tennessee. Actually was a Skyhawk, UT Mark. I did not know that. She just taught me something, too. Well... She sure made her living in Tennessee, that's for sure. It started, I think, at age 21, 22, I think it was 22. Uh, and Tyler, of course, started at 23. So, uh, you know, that's uh, pretty good. So if his career goes anything like hers did, uh, he'll be in for quite a run. But, yeah, and tonight's also uh, our pink out game at the top of the Assembly Center, so we encourage everybody uh, to wear pink. The first 500 fans will receive uh, free pink out T-shirts. Uh, the doors uh, to the tack will open at 430. Uh, we're actually having a private reception at 4.30 uh, for the former players and, and coaches that are coming back, their family members, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then at halftime of the game, uh, the fans will get to uh, you know meet uh, or see the uh, introduction of the, the members of the 74-75 team on the court. And then after the game, we'll have a hospitality room. So just a lot going on surrounding uh, the women's basketball game. All right, now what time is the tip? Again, the tip is at 6 o'clock. And this is a big game for us. I mean, right now we're uh, tied with Charlotte for fourth place in the league standings. And people say, well, you know, fourth place. Well, you know, the goal at the beginning of the year was to finish top four. And there's a reason for that. You look at the conference tournament coming up in Birmingham. And, uh, you know, all 14 teams qualify. But those top four uh, get a two-day bye. And so, you know, you talk about only having to win, and I say only in quotations, but only having to win three games in three days. As opposed to if you finish 5th through 10th, all of a sudden you've got an extra game. You've got to win 4 in 4 days. And if you happen to finish 11th through 14th, you've got to win 5 games in 5 days. So finishing in the top 4 is quite a uh, quite an advantage. Uh, it certainly is. And 
Richmond. Of course, you don't want to get that far down the line, but you finish right now battling for four. Who would it look like the first round matchup? Would you even look that far ahead? No, I honestly, you're because you know you'd have to wait to say, okay, who won the first day between eleven and fourteen, twelve and thirteen, and those two teams would move over and meet up with the six teams that finished fifth through tenth, and you know you'd have to figure out. I don't, I have no idea. Uh, but if the season ended today, we would actually be in fifth. We would lose the tiebreaker to Charlotte because they beat us head to head. So there's still six games left, three weeks. A lot of basketball to go on, and we got some tough games. I mentioned the one tonight. We still have Western Kentucky who rolls in here. They're uh, tied for second place in the league. We've got Marshall who's right behind us who rolls in here. And uh, we still have to go on the road to play at North Texas and at Rice. Neither one of those is ever easy at home. Well, you know, now I want to ask you, too, we talk about the games that you go to. Uh, it was a monumental night for you The uh, over the 500, the 500, the broadcast. Certainly uh, Lady Texture and all Louisiana Tech uh, certainly enjoy the broadcast of uh, Malcolm Butler. But that's quite an accomplishment. That's a that's a lot of road trips. It is. You know, and, and the funny thing is, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I was, you did. I was, was going to ask the you. Bus. I was on the bus, and we were going. Where were we going? Uh, we were going to Middle Tennessee. And I was working on my game notes. And something that I was working on game notes all of a sudden it spurred the fact that I was like, you know what? I've got to be getting close to 500. So I, I went back, and I started looking. Because uh, my first year here at Tech, I did I did a, I did color, but I didn't count them. So, yeah, okay, uh, all right. So you didn't I count didn't them. Count the first how did you count them? You know, if I was a co-head coach, I think I would count those. As yeah, victory. well, a I wasn't very good, and, and b I just didn't count those. So I started my second year when I did it all by myself, and I started adding up all the games, and boom, there you go. I was like, you know what? Tomorrow night is number five hundred for me. So uh, you know that was neat to kind of figure that out last minute. Great SID work there, huh? Wait for the last minute to figure that one out, but uh, but no, you know, I mean, heck, I had to do it 16 years to get to 500, and uh, you know, maybe I've got 500 more in me uh, if the administration will let me, and uh, you know, God will bless me with uh, that much longer. But I've enjoyed it. It's it's definitely a fun part of my job. I think me and Dave Vince are a lot different in the way we call. Him. Of course, Dave is a Hall of Famer, and uh, you know, there's there's nobody as good as Dave Vince. I think I'm probably a little wearing my emotions a little bit more okay. on my sleeve than Dave does. I, I was going to say, because I can tell you, a lot of times I've gotten in the car, and I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. No. And I can, and, and I will tell you, because I'll turn on the game, and I see how they're doing. And I can tell within the first, you know, 90 seconds of if, it, if it's a, a good game or a bad game. And, you know, close games, so I think that is a good thing. But you've had a, a lot of calls. You, you've done softball, you've done football. You've done, what's the most challenging you know, basketball is just so, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, it's so habitual now. I mean, it's easy for me. Uh, now, let me tell you the biggest challenge I've had. The biggest challenge I had is when I started doing this, you know, 1999 as color and then 2000 as play-by-play, I mean, those teams were still competing for Final Fours, and we lose three games a year, and I thought it was the end of the world. I had to learn how to lose uh, about five or six years into it, and that wasn't a whole lot of fun because I was spoiled just like a lot of times the, the fans are. And so that was quite the challenge, learning how to do them, uh, knowing that all of a sudden, okay, you're going to lose 12, 13, 14 games, and heck, even one year we lost 20. So that was a challenge. But, you know, football, all I have to do is, I say all, but all I do is sidelines, so that's not real difficult. I love softball. It comes naturally as well. So really, uh, you know, the, the challenge is just trying to make sure you do a good job and, and you paint the picture for the people who are listening and uh you know, you bring them what they want. You know, you want to be you want to be pro home team, but you don't want to be a homer. There you go. Well, let's talk about let's run down the uh, all the action tonight for the Lady Textures over at the Thomas Assembly Center, and then we'll take a break and get Coach 
Fort Montgomery in. Sure, yeah. I mean, first of all, obviously, softball at 9.15 this morning. Uh, people need to come on out. Lady Texas taking off Mississippi Valley State. I know you'll talk to Mark some more about that. Uh, and then both uh, softball and basketball will be playing at the same time tonight, unfortunately. The softball team will be here at 6 o'clock against Houston Baptist. Women's basketball over at the TAC uh, against uh, Conference USA leader UTEP for Legends Night. The pink out game. Doors will open at 4.30. Just a lot going on around that as well. So, a uh, big game uh, tonight for women's basketball. Appreciate Malcolm Butler joining us. Listen to the Nick Brown Show on ESPN 97.7 FM. All right, welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. I'm just taking care of the important things in life, like my coffee. So we're taking care of that, going through a little DTs this morning. On it, almost that on top of the uh, press box. Now, I'm a bird's eye view here and joined by Coach Mark Montgomery. Coach, appreciate you having me. And, uh, great to be here. Yeah, no, we're excited. It's uh, quite a quite an accomplishment to get you out here on a Saturday morning up here in the uh, stands. I'm just glad we got the warmer weather for it. Right? Hey, hey, I start man, and you're right. I wonder what it was going to be like. Cause I'm a short wearing guy. That you are, you know. <laughs> I guess it makes our legs look longer. We're both, we're both vertically challenged. <laughs> we look shorter in uh, in uh, jeans to put the shorts on. But certainly excited to be here at the Lady Texas Softball Complex. I want you to come out. Lady Texas is going to play at uh, 9.15 this morning versus uh, Mississippi Valley State. But, Coach, you know, play, that's one thing about it. You used to play quite a few games already this season. Yeah, no, we, we, we opened up down in Gulf Shores last weekend, played five games down there, and then had our first games here at home last night uh, going uh, 2-0. and and, and uh, But it is nice. You know, uh, preseason's wonderful for us. We get to play a lot of different teams and see a lot of different matchups, and it really helps prepare you for conference and know uh, – you know, how different types of teams try to use their strategies to beat you and gives you as much to prepare for as you can. Now, you know what I'm a little jealous of with a look at the schedule. Uh, you had a, a tournament down in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, so you got to go to the, the great state of Alabama. And, uh, you know, good good facilities over there. How did that go? How did, they, how did they handle the uh, – I know they do a lot of travel ball. How did they handle the, uh, the tournament? You know, they, uh, uh, they, they do uh, – the field house down there runs a tournament called the Sandballer Classic. Uh, it's opening weekend for Division One, and uh, they bring down about 20, 25 teams and uh, run it at a five-field complex that is uh, immaculately maintained, and and uh, they just do a great job of hosting. Uh, we were able to take our team. We stayed in a beach house on the beach, slept 30, and, and it was just a great bonding atmosphere for our girls after the game to go back, be under one roof, play card games, you know, board games down in the main living room, and uh, it, it was just a, a tremendous action. Did anybody put their toes in the Gulf of Mexico? You know, actually, a lot of people went out and put their toes in. Some actually got in a little deeper than that. Really? I, I, uh, I dipped my toe, but that was about it in, in February. That's about all I want to do. That's <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about the team now. Some of the strengths you see now, certainly we'll all obviously talk about this great facility that you have here. But let's talk about the team. You know, the team is really, uh, I'm proud of them. They are, uh, they're doing just a great job. and. We've, we've really built it up over the last several years to start getting things that I like to do. I, I, I like to, to have a lot of depth. I like to manage the ball club and always try to give my team the best advantage we can, whether that's a pinch runner or a pinch hit or substitutions late in the game that are going to make us better defensively. And, and uh, if every move we can make, we make four or five moves a game and they make us better at that time, then that's a great thing. But we've never had that before. So the ability to have that kind of depth allows us uh, to maximize our our strength and allows every player to contribute towards the team cause. Now let's let's educate the listening audience here on the Nick Brown show. You're talking to Coach Mark Montgomery, head coach of the Lady Texas softball team. All right, uh, number of scholarships you have, number of players you can have on roster. 
Well, the number of players that you can have is unlimited, but we're only allowed to dress and, and travel 20. Uh, really? As far as conference rules are concerned. So we are limited there. Uh, now, it is an individual conference rule, and uh, and, and sometimes even uh, you know individual schools can, can go beyond that. The NCAA limits it to 20 in postseason. They don't limit you during regular season. So if you go to regionals, it's 20. It's 20, it right. During regular season, though, it's, the individual limits are usually placed by either schools or by conferences. Um, but uh, we have 12 scholarships. So similar to the baseball's 11.7. I don't know why there's a yeah, point three. Seven, yeah, yeah, <laughs> point three, yeah. But, uh, but we have 12. Uh, the advantage for us is it goes a little bit further than baseball. Baseball's tough because they have to carry so many extra pitchers. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to roster four or five pitchers where a typical baseball team is probably going to at least have 12. And, uh, you know, that that's probably the biggest advantage from our scholarship standpoint. We are not a headcount sport, so our girls are not all on full ride. Uh, most everybody's on some type of partial or combination with academic aid or tops. Heaven hope we yeah, keep that, that right. So uh, uh, as a daughter of, or a father of three daughters, I'm hoping we <laughs> keep that as well. So, uh but, you know, that, that's kind of the biggest advantages that we have is it allows us with good grades, good academics, which uh, we certainly try to recruit here at Louisiana Tech. It allows us to take that uh, athletic dollar, stretch it a little further, and, and get these girls on a good financial package. Now, you talk about your, your 20 dress rush for conference games. How many normally do you have at, at a practice, and how many will you be dressing here today in the Lady Texter Invitational? Uh, we'll, we'll dress 19 uh, right now, we've got one who's setting out. She'll be back. So we do have 20 on our roster officially this year. Um, you know, the years vary. I think we've been as low as my first year here. We're probably only 16, but uh, that was what was inherited. Uh, our roster between 20 and 24, I mean, injuries play a part. It's not like travel ball or other situations where if somebody gets hurt, I can go find them. If they're not already on the roster, we ain't got them coming in. So, so if you, you go with the 20 and one rolls her ankle, you're going to be with 19. You right. can't say, hey, we brought whoever with us, and she's going to fill right, that Right, exactly. So, so to have a couple extras is not a disadvantage. And then if we've got situations where we have some very talented players, but their strength on this team helps us in certain situations. For example, in softball, we face drop ball pitchers, and we face rise ball pitchers. So I've got kids that don't play unless we're playing a rise ball pitcher. Really? That's a situation. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, that allows us, again, to maximize our strength of our depth and allow kids to really contribute again to the team. Well, let's talk about it. Now we're going to talk about uh, this tournament of the year, the Louisiana Tech Invitational. Won two games yesterday, four, four to one and two to nothing. And you go back and I asked you, you know, the overall record, you got two losses on the year to Ball State, a game that you – Thought you didn't play as well as you should have, could have won that one. Yeah, you know, they had a very nice number one pitcher, and she started the game against us in her first game of the year. And, uh, you know, I, I think the zone benefited her a little bit. It, it goes both ways, I get it, but uh, uh, I think it matched better for her. And, and uh, we found ourselves trying to do a little too much to play, and I feel like we struggled offensively more than we should have. Um, you know, the other game was against Louisiana Lafayette, they're, they're top. I think they're seventh in the nation right now, and they just beat number three, Oregon. So uh, two games yesterday. So uh, they're no slouches. They run-ruled most everybody else there. We played them 8-2, and, uh, you know, they only out-hit us 9-8. to eight, But we played them to learn. Uh, you know, if we play that team again, it's going to be in uh, a regional tournament. So we wanted to learn as much as we could. So, you know, a stubborn coach, Montgomery, kept pitching to Lexi Elkins, who, uh, you know, hit three home runs. So if we eliminate one child hitting three home runs, maybe we got a chance. So, uh, but you know, again, I told the players, I told them we weren't walking anybody this game. We weren't doing anything to try to force the win this game. 
we wanted to learn everything we could so that when we played them when it mattered the most, we would have our best opportunity. Now, Sherry, now let's talk about, we talked about statistics, talking to Mark Montgomery, head coach of the Lady Texas softball team. We're at the Louisiana Tech Invitational, big round show on location, great view, great facility on top of the press box this morning. So talking about, tell me about your team, and one thing we talked about statistically, uh, the double plays uh, and the stats where they're doing very good. Yeah, no, defensively, we've been playing extremely well. And, uh, you know, I haven't liked our offense as much as I, ha- I would like to. I think we're much more talented than we've been putting on the field offensively. Um, and I think it'll gel. I think it just takes time sometimes. Uh, but pitching has, has really grinded it out. Even when they haven't had their best stuff, they've, they've delivered us great pitches and footballs and play that we can handle. And defensively, we've shown. I, I think we have to be one of the top four or five teams in the nation right now in double plays. Uh, and, uh, you know, part of that's the, the nice, fast infield that we have with the turf. But uh, it allow you know, our coaches do a great job of getting them in the right position. We play the shifts really well, and that's allowed us to be, uh, I, I think, in good spots with good fielders, good defenders, and we're able to make those plays. I tell you, one of the most embarrassing moments I've ever had as doing radio is I had the opportunity to call state championship and some regionals, the fast pitch 56, and I made the mistake of saying on the mound. <laughs> I had over 15 to 20 takes and calls. So, so who's in the circle today? That's it. That's it. You know, in game one, we're, we're going with uh, Pauline Tufi. This will be her first games pitch of the year. Um, and uh, she's a mainstay for us in the lineup, usually in the three spot at first base. But we're getting her some pitching innings. And, and uh, this is an opportunity for us to do that today. Uh, Presley Galloway and uh, uh, Bailey Allen have kind of been serving as our kind of one-two punch uh, throughout. We've pitched them based on matchups. But they've done just a great job for us thus far. Um, you know, but heck, I still call it on the bump or on the mound. I mean, so they look they look at me like I'm crazy too. But when you're an old baseball guy, man, that just sometimes is what comes with it. So, well, I, I'm excited to be here, Coach. And good luck for not only in this tournament and today and for the rest of the season. And I won't be a stranger. I'll make you back out. Hey, Nick, thanks for having us, man, and being with us today. And we appreciate it. And we'll look forward to some great ball today. Hey, I appreciate it. The pleasure mine. That's Coach uh, Montgomery, head coach of the Louisiana Tech Lady Texas softball team. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. When you hear the group Alabama, that only means one thing. We're going to go talk to Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, from the city of Birmingham, to talk to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? Hey, man, doing great. Doing great. It's a beautiful day in Birmingham, beautiful weekend. And, uh, and man, there is a whole lot going on in sports. If, uh, if you like... Uh, if you like southeastern sports, southern sports, southeastern conference sports, uh, you can't want a week that's got a whole lot more going on than it does right now. Well, believe it or not, I am going to 100% agree with you, which I normally do, and I've learned not to disagree with Lynn Scarborough. But, Lynn, I'm actually talking to you on top of a press box at Louisiana Tech, and I'm watching a, uh, a softball tournament between Mississippi Valley State and Louisiana Tech played right now. Wow. Well, Softball, we'll start with softball. In, uh, in the South, uh, you know, the, the SEC particularly uh, continues to dominate uh, college softball and it has got off to the kind of start that, uh, you know, that you expect it is going to. The, uh, the SEC, uh, you know, dom- dominates the standings. Number one, Florida. Number three, Auburn. Uh, Alabama, I think, six. LSU's in there at uh, maybe they're at five, four, five. I don't have the I don't have it in front of me, but uh, but you got a another very very strong showing now in uh, in SEC softball. I think you 
I think I saw that there were eight or nine teams in the top 25 out of the conference. I believe it was eight out of the top 25, and that's, you know, incredibly uh, incredibly strong. I was talking to a guy that covers, uh, covers SEC softball regularly uh, about a week ago, and he said we got several uh, legitimate national championship contending teams in the, uh, in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, and it's great that they're able to do that. And, Lynn, that's something that was, you know, obviously the power of the SEC. And it's almost to the point when the SEC decides that they want to put money into it that they're going to be good at it. Yeah, here's the deal is, you know, we've got – and I'm, I'm an SEC guy. Everybody knows that, so I'm prejudiced toward the conference. Um, but we've got – it's a perfect storm against people. You know, you've got good weather overall. You've got good facilities. You've got uh, uh, avid, passionate fan bases. You've got uh, athletic departments that have revenue, uh, and people want to go where there's winners. And it it carries over, uh, you know, in in gymnastics. Uh, You've got, I believe you've got five SEC teams in the top nine right now. You had four SEC teams, I believe, in the the final eight last year Uh, in college swimming. You know, Florida's number one about every every sport. They're number one in softball, number one in baseball. I think they're number one in, in uh, gymnastics. Uh, uh, they, uh, you know, they're, maybe they're still number one in gymnastics. They were at one point. I'm not sure if they still are. Um, and and then, um, you know, and then the, in the swimming and diving. Which, which swimming and diving championships conclude today? And uh, as usual, you've got three or four ACC teams in the in the top. In there, a uh, very close race right now. Thirty points separates Florida at number one, Auburn at number two, right now. Which those have been the two power power programs, you know, in the conference for so long. So it's just, uh, you know, folks that want to that want to put down the SEC and and try to criticize the conference, they can try all they want to, but uh, you know, not just in football. Uh, SEC has been the dominant force in football, but with the exception of men's basketball, uh, you, you know, right right now. The uh, the SEC is as strong or stronger than anybody in, in almost every sport. Well, I want to move over to the uh, baseball diamond, and that is uh, looking uh, a very successful opening day for the SEC. Lynn, talking to Lynn Scarborough from Wendy's Magazine every Saturday morning. Lynn takes you to 10 on the Nick Brown Show. A great day unless you're Kentucky or Mississippi State, the only two teams not getting victory yesterday. In the yeah, I was, I was really surprised at the Mississippi State deal. That's the one that jumped out and grabbed me. Um, and that's nothing against Florida Atlantic. I don't know anything about Florida Atlantic's program, but Mississippi State was ranked in the top 20. They're a traditional power, and you you don't think that they're going to open up by getting doubled at their home home field. Uh, uh, Ten to five was the was the loss, and I was very very surprised at that. The uh, the conference, uh, everybody else in the conference wins. Uh, well, uh, you're right. Kentucky lost. Think Kentucky lost what two to one. Two to one. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't. I just saw the score in the game. Um, and Kentucky's not a. I mean, they're an okay team, but they're not a traditional power like Mississippi State is. So the one that really caught me off guard was uh, was was Mississippi State. I think the conference might not be getting its due this year because you've got several teams in the conference that are that are rated lower than I think they're going to end up. Um, but you got, of course, you got the same kind of deal, Nick, that we have in every sport. Is that um, the conference kills each other off, and so you know teams will finish in the bottom half of their divisions that probably if they were playing somewhere else might end up with a you know with a better record. So, but but I, I do think it's got the potential to be another strong year for the conference in baseball. I, I certainly do. I'd only uh, really surprisingly because normally you're going to open up with teams uh, of weaker ability. You look at Arkansas with Central Michigan. 
You look at uh, who the opening teams are. Missouri uh, opened up, I believe, with Seton Hall. I'm not sure. And then you have Vanderbilt uh, easily. Oh, well, it was Vanderbilt a little bit tougher. So they're going to open up with usually a, a, a weaker opponent. But LSU last night in Cincinnati needing a uh, needing a walk off home run to beat the Bearcats. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't have any idea if Cincinnati's any good or not. That's the thing is, you know, you you start out the the first first part of the season, you don't really know who's good yet. So you could get knocked off. Hey, Florida Atlantic may have the best baseball team they've ever had, and they might play in the World Series. I mean, you know, uh, you've got uh, uh, Louisiana Lafayette has uh, has had powerful teams in baseball and softball, and have been nationally ranked in the top ten. And people sitting back wouldn't say, "Oh, well, they're going to be a, a national power," but they have been. And so it's not always necessarily the case that uh, that you got to have a big name. So you know, they may have lost to the, the greatest Florida Atlantic team that's ever been put on the field. So let's, let's see how they do the rest of this weekend. They'll, they'll be playing a three-game set. Let's see how they do the rest of this weekend, how Florida Atlantic does the rest of the year. Well, I'm going to move, and, you know, I didn't even know Seton Hall had a baseball team. I really am embarrassed to know that. Missouri got the victory over them, shut them out 7 to nothing. But now I need to move on to uh, basketball. I'm talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning here on the Nick Brown Show. SEC basketball, and I wonder – how many teams, of course, I, I'm excited to see Selection Sunday get here and how many teams will actually make it into March Madness. But I think you're going to have to come down to that weekend in uh, Nashville uh, and some teams have to play their way in. But certainly start with LSU, disappointing and surprisingly a loss. I know Alabama is one of the hottest teams in the league right now, but I thought uh, LSU would get them at home. Well, I thought they would too. And, and all of a sudden that makes that game against Tennessee tonight be huge because LSU, uh, you know, they don't, they don't need to stumble. And uh, if they with that loss home to Alabama, which is a, which that's a bad loss, and now if they go on the road and lose to Tennessee, which Tennessee doesn't even have a winning record, and I think it's very possible LSU could go up there and lose, and if they do, then then LSU is really trended down would already give them like eleven or twelve losses, and they certainly are you know become a become a bubble team even though they're they're sitting there alone in second place in the conference. The the big games today are Florida playing at South Carolina. And, of course, the big one, Kentucky playing at Texas A&M, because A&M's gone on a slide and lost like four of their last five ball games and didn't win a game on the road in that, in that, uh, uh, those two different two-game sets on the road. And uh, so they've, they've really hit the slides. Kentucky, as they usually do, you know, it's, we talked all year long that this is not one of your great Kentucky teams. This is kind of like an average Kentucky team where your average Kentucky team sit there at 19-6 and six and alone in first place. They effectively put Texas A&M out of the race today if they can win in, in College Station because A&M then has six losses and Kentucky just has three. So they're three games behind in the loss column, and, and that, that basically puts them out. If South Carolina were to lose to Florida, then that gives them their sixth loss. and uh, well, Whichever one of them loses gets their sixth loss. And if Kentucky wins, then they would be uh, three games ahead. If LSU were to lose to Tennessee, that's their fifth loss. And you almost can, can just go ahead and give the championship to Kentucky if it were to if it were to go that way. If A and M can can uh, hold true on their home court and knock off Kentucky, then you got a dogfight all the way down to the end of the conference. You do, and now I'm going to put you on the spot. If, if Lynn Scarborough were on the selection committee, and I know what you're going to say. The first time they ask you your opinion on who gets in, it will be the first time. That's absolutely right. <laughs> who would you put in, Lynn? Well, I mean, right right now, probably Kentucky and South Carolina. Uh, Maybe maybe A and M. Thing is, you know, the selection committee does a "What have you done for me lately?" And yes. you know, teams teams that get cold toward the end of the year have a way of not making it. 
and a and M uh, has been playing so badly, and Alabama has been playing so good. And Alabama's going to win today. Mississippi State plays at Alabama, so Alabama's getting ready to go to to eight and six, be two games up, be seventeen and nine. Well, Florida's at seventeen and nine. They've been considered as a as a bubble team all the way. Uh, LSU, if they lose today at Tennessee, gets gets substantially further behind uh, in the in the overall record. And your overall record's obviously going to make a significant. Uh, Standing. Right, right now, I'd say I'd say Kentucky and and I mean Kentucky and South Carolina. I think the only two the only two sure things right right now. Um, you know, Alabama, uh, the, the the conference will get three or four teams, but but right now, I think Kentucky and South Carolina are the only ones that can can pretty well count on going. And I think you're looking at you know of course that that list obviously will grow depending on how they play. But I think you're going to look at Florida with a victory. I'm going to call a Florida victory over South Carolina today. And, and I like. Florida Gators going to play strong in Nashville. I'm going to say you're looking at Kentucky, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Florida, and then I think your final spot will come down to Alabama being the hottest team and, and LSU and how they finish out the rest of the year. And, and really would like to see uh, those two teams. I think those two teams, obviously, what I just mentioned, but uh, LSU and Alabama, what they do in Nashville. But Alabama certainly having the nod now with the big. Well, if you look over. at. I- I don't have it in front of me, Nick, but if you look at the schedule going down the stretch, the schedule favors Alabama. Uh, Alabama's got a, a more manageable schedule than LSU does, I believe. And and uh, having having just beaten LSU head-to-head down in, in Baton Rouge, of course, they beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. But Alabama's playing hot, LSU's not, and um, and I think Alabama's schedule lends itself to more likely to do it. If, if I had to gamble on one of those two teams making the tournament, which I'm not sure either one of them will, but if I had to gamble on what I'm doing, I think Alabama would make it. Yeah, I, and, I, and if so, Avery Johnson probably gets SEC Coach of the Year, and probably should. I think so. I, I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to move over to football just for a minute because you coach. Talk to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine at beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. I talk to Lynn every Saturday morning. Lynn takes you to ten. Then you covered the Southeastern Conference for years, and the past few seasons, and not just taking this season in particular, but the last couple of seasons, you have seen coaches move from one school in the SEC to another. We're talking football now? Football, yes. Okay, okay. And you've seen coaches move from divisions. I don't remember that. Tell me that when you – did this happen years ago? I mean, is this a new phenomenon? I just don't remember it happening because we didn't cover it that well, but – when you were covering the SEC, when you first started out, did people make that? Did assistants make the moves that much the way they do now? No, no. There, there, there have been more changes um, in the last two years, and particularly this year, than than ever before. I mean, it's 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 really ridiculous. Uh, just just take defensive coordinators for the last for the last two seasons. Take the defensive coordinator right now at Alabama, Texas A and M, LSU. Auburn, Georgia, South Carolina. Uh, look at look at who those guys are, and look where they've been. It's been it's been musical chairs, fruit basket turnover. I mean, LSU is going to have their third defensive coordinator in three years. Manny Diaz goes with goes with Mark Rick, who leaves from Georgia. Jeremy Pruitt leaves leaves Georgia, goes to Alabama. Uh, Kevin Steele was at Alabama, then at LSU, then at Auburn. The, I mean, it's just uh, no. I've never seen I've never seen anything like it. And that I mean, that's not touching on offensive coordinators. That's not touching on uh, people that have become head coaches. Um, no, I've never seen I've never seen anything to this degree of uh, assistant coaches, coordinators, and head coaches uh, 
making this many changes, and as many of them impacting Southeastern Conference schools, and it's almost to where no school is immune to it. Uh, some of them get, get uh, more media coverage than others, but uh, there's been a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of interchange between schools in the last two seasons, particularly uh, during the past six months. You know, it was almost back in, of course, obviously expanding to more teams, has a lot with more, more opportunities to move. But it seemed like in the late 70s and early 80s, it was more, I don't say more pride. I know that sounds like a, a strong word, but it's like you wouldn't dare take somebody from another school because they were they were the enemy or maybe it was respect for the other head coach. I don't know, whatever reason, people just, you didn't have someone leaving uh, one SEC school and going to another. Well, the two factors. One, it was, it was sort of like a gentleman's agreement. And, um, and you just, there's some things you just didn't do, just out of courtesy uh, that you didn't do that. And... The money wasn't as big, Nick. The uh, now it's hard to say. Back then, let's say, and I'll just make this up because let's say that back then somebody was making uh, two hundred thousand dollars as a as a salary, which would have been huge in those days. And uh, they get a chance to move somewhere for uh, two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. That's probably not going to do that. However, now when you're talking hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, um, that loyalty is one thing. But when you get a chance to, to either increase your uh, financial situation immediately or see that it opens up better opportunities to increase your financial cir- circumstance over the short term, um, I think the finances has got a whole lot to do with it. It's, uh, loyalty is still significant. I think loyalty in the South probably is more than other places in the country. But, uh, you know, the money's the money, Nick, and, uh, and everything, everything in sports, almost Everything in sports is driven by money, from from the days that you play games to the time that you play games to when they're televised to uh, expanding schedules. And, you know, all of it is about how's it going to generate the most revenue. Hey, and the location. You know what, Tennessee and Virginia Tech are going to play at Bristol, aren't they? Yeah, at a, at, a, at a racetrack. You know, I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you've got teams playing neutral site games uh, to start the season, and, and that's not criticizing anybody because everybody's doing it. You know, I mean, Alabama opens with Southern Cal this year in Dallas. I think the next year Auburn opens with Oregon in Dallas. Uh, LSU is, is open for a couple of years, I think, maybe in, uh, in Houston. Uh, Ole Miss is, is doing it this year. Um, I mean, the, you know, it's just what it's become. And it's, it's big money draws. And I, and I, and I like it as a, as a fan. If, I, if this wasn't my job, uh, I would enjoy that. I, I think the first weekend of the year this year may be the most interesting uh, uh, significant intersectional matchups. This may be the most attractive weekend of a regular season ever in college football. I don't have it in front of me right now. I wish I did uh, because you read down the list of games nationwide. Just take the Southeastern Conference and take the games that are going to be played that first weekend, and it's it's incredible um, of what the, what the intersectional matchups are. I know I'll be I'll be in Auburn for the Auburn Clemson game. So you've got uh, the team that finished number two. Uh, coming in to play at Auburn. Um, you know, the team that finished number one is going to be out, I think they're in Dallas playing Southern Cal. And, uh, you know, it's just, you're, you're exactly right. There's more and more of that, and, and, and it's driven, again, it's driven by money. Well, it's certainly uh, going to be exciting. We always enjoy talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Now, tell me, is this now a down period at Lindy's? Because now you got college baseball going, you got college softball, you've got Major League Baseball. So, 
Is it some rest for Lynn Scarborough? No, not, no, not at all. It's, it's not a down period for us. It is a down period in terms of production. Uh, we, we sent our uh, NFL draft edition last week. It, it uh, may be hitting newsstands in some, in some places already, uh, going out around the country. The week before that, we did the Super Bowl special edition. Um, of course, baseball and, and fantasy baseball are both on newsstands. Uh, we did the Alabama special edition about a month ago, um, a little over a month ago. So those are all out of the way. The next time we actually produce a publication will be Lindy Southeastern Football Magazine that will go to press the first weekend, uh, right around the first week of May, end of April, 1st of May. So we've got about a two-and-a-half-month gap here before we send a magazine to the printer. But the stories have been assigned. Spring ball will be starting soon. Uh, we're already in line with all of our editors. Uh, as you know, I serve as marketing director for Lindy's as well as a website columnist and and um, and and writer and, and, and editor and on and on air radio. You know, we got a we got a small staff and we do a whole lot of things. But marketing director is my title. Uh, is one of my titles. And uh, so we are actively contacting companies that we hope will be advertising with us in our magazines, on our website, sponsors of radio shows. Um, and, and we've got business-to-business marketing programs that we set up with companies that use Lindy's uh, as, a, as an advertising and marketing tool. So uh, while, the, while the actual production part of our business is, is not uh, as going right now, uh, you know, we're, we have a partnership, as you know, with 24-7. Uh, they produce our recruiting. I was working. That's my bailiwick to have that set up. I was working with them this week to get everything lined up for starting to get our recruiting done. So all the stuff that, uh, you know, that goes into the magazine over the next two months will be uh, having folks all over the country covering things and doing interviews. And, you know, I'll, I'll do four or, five, four or five stories myself for the, you know, for the magazines on the writing standpoint. Okay, when you get on the phone with me, I want you to go check since you do your recruiting with 24-7. I want you to go look up this name. Uh, North Louisiana guy is down at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, defensive end. Uh, number nine for Mississippi Gulf Coast, uh, Isaiah Bugs. That's a, a Louisiana. B U G G. Yes, yes. So look that name okay. up. Go look that name up now. Um, all of that being said, tell me as a, now. So if this is a downturn in as far as publication, so uh, what about the website? Are we still adding new content to the website? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We have a we have probably have a hundred hundred stories a day uh, come in on our website. We have a, a partnership with the Sports Exchange. And the sports exchange provides us content, and and then of course we we have uh, you know I I write uh, I, I write a column a week uh, sometimes sometimes more than that during this during this time of the year uh, I'll have a, a column coming up in the next few days uh, looking back on the season of the Carolina Panthers uh, the column that I had this past week was on Von that would be a must that would be a must read for me I appreciate that Good well look, I'm, I'm putting a little bit of interesting take on it it's a little a little different maybe than what most people are, are giving about the about the Panthers, and I think the column that I did this past week on uh, Von Miller and Johnny Manziel, and uh, and and their their uh, paths that they've taken differently, and connecting their background with Texas A and um, I've gotten a good bit of uh, feedback off Texags and and people from that. We we try, as you know, uh, to have original content out there. Our columns, our editorial columns, we try to give uh, you know some insight and and take a little bit more of a stand or take a position on things than we do in our regular. In our regular uh, uh, magazines, you you don't in the journalism field, as you know, you don't want to uh, confuse the reporting of news uh, and the reporting of facts about things with opinion, and that's why we have columnists, and that's why we uh, you know always try to differentiate, let make sure people understand what's a column and what's not. 
a point I wanted to bring out is just because we don't have magazines going to the printer, that Lindy's does not slow down. And, and I really enjoy reading. I thought it was a great, a great piece you wrote about Von Miller and Johnny Mantell. And I want our listeners to be aware of that. You want to be in the loop and know and go to uh, Lindy's website. But that was a, certainly a very good, good piece. So just because nothing's going to the printer doesn't mean Lindy's is just shut down. They're still working, uh, kind of like the recruiting service, twenty four seven. Tell everybody what the uh, web address is www.lindysports.com. That's two S's in the middle, L-I-N-D-Y-S-S-P-O-R-T-S, lindysports.com, www.lindysports.com. And you can, you know, here's the thing about our website. We understand who we are. If you want to know the uh, uh, score in the third inning of the game between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, we're not a good place to go. Uh, If you want to know the third quarter score, between Mississippi State and LSU in football, we're not a good place to go. We know we're not going to try to compete with ESPN and CBS Sportsline and, and those guys because people go to them for that, uh, and we're not going to try to attempt to do that. That's not what we are. Uh, what we try to do, we cover football, baseball, and basketball. You don't, you don't go to Lindy's to find stuff about NASCAR. I, I wish we did have that, but that's not what we do. <laughs> you don't go to us to find out about tennis or to find out about golf. But if you want to go to us to find, if you want to find out about what's going on in football, baseball, or basketball, we're a good place to go. Uh, we've got uh, updated news stories every day on all of those sports, and we've got individual columnists and writers that are putting original stuff on every week about that. So it's uh, for what we're trying to do, we're a great source to go to. So I, I encourage people that uh, that uh, that want that that in a website, they need to come to us. If you want to. Uh, find the third inning score between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Don't go to us because you're going to be disappointed, and you might not come back to see us. So uh, we, you know, we know what we we know what our strengths are, Nick, and we try to be good at what we do. Well, and you, I certainly think you do a great job at that, and certainly always enjoy talking to you, uh, Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to ten every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Lynn, enjoy visiting with you, and look forward to doing it again next. Okay, week. Nick, we'll talk to you soon. And that was Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com. is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.